0: Of good days cats and kittens and welcome to another Friday fistful of discontent provider. Should you be new to these tate-a-tate-a-tates hates, you will soon catch up with the basics. Essentially it's just like the BBC's newscast except there's a dog, a song at the end of the week and we fly sufficiently beneath the radar to be able to tell Ofcom to go and fuck itself should the mood strike us. Well now I've translated that wild untamed thought into actual speech though Speaks that will live on through the internet for millennia, perhaps, and one day provide the building blocks of a new social order of post-apocalyptic hominids who have somehow brought a long-buried computer back to life. Uh, yeah, it occurs to me that uh, I really ought to look into that, or I not. Tempting though it may be for a small-time podcaster and the world's greatest lurcher to believe that they answer to no higher calling than their own immutable ethical code and the even more elevated cause of saying things for cheap and easy laughs, I could be wrong. And one day we'll face the same fearful consequences currently oppressing the pandering populist panjandarums at GB News, i.e. a letter on headed newspaper mildly suggesting that it might be awfully nice for everybody involved if they knock their fucking shit off for a bit, at least during peak time viewing. Forgive me, I fear I may be rambling. The uh, the simple truth of it is, podcast pals, that I've been somewhat discombobulated during these past 48 hours as, as something almost unprecedented has occurred. You may well have noticed it yourself now I come to mention it and uh, doubtless the sheer magnitude of what appears to be an almost undreamt of case of the authorities playing the game according to Hoyle or at least a pound land imitation of Hoyle has thrown you for something of a loop yourselves. It's this business of the government following a lengthy public consultation not supporting the rail company's plan to close hundreds of ticket offices across the country because a sufficient number of people pointed out that doing so would provide more wrecks or pain than the mallet-assisted insertion of a large cactus into the public kyber. Really, one barely knows what to do, eh, What? Were you to wield the awesome power and influence of a podcaster who can just about scrape together 12 quid a month for Podbean's premium service, and and if you are, do hit us up because we're all brothers and sisters and I'd gladly listen to yours if you listen to mine, uh, you, you might just think that 10 months or so of excoriating denunciations about unabashed funk stumpery in high places could have played some tiny part in this apparent sea change and that you haven't been wasting countless hours that could have been better spent on sorting out the garden or devising increasingly complex and painful methods of masturbating. Fortunately, I think the discontent provider Brand can survive this momentary sense of triumph. As per usual, innate pessimism and our almost feral animal level of suspicion and constant atavistic terror will be our salvation. They allow us to maintain a relatively cool head in these situations, and thus we can almost happily conclude not only that the shitfuckers on high never give with one hand without taking away even more with the other, but also that the main case against cutting railway station staff is that it would predominantly affect the elderly and the disabled, and uh, with the unspeakably nasty surprises the government has in store for them uh, with relation to uh, projected welfare and pension reforms, their numbers will soon be thinned out to an extent not seen since uh, Ian Duncan Smith's pogrom comes suicidathon of 2012. There, you see, it just takes a bit of calm reflection. A few deep breaths and the roseate glow of an illusory better world soon fades away and we are once again soothed by the realisation that we were right all along and that they really are the most grisly ineffable cunts. Mind you, you know, they're not exactly going to great lengths to hide it these days. So these internal struggles aren't as dicey as once they may have been. Even if one looks past the soul-shattering parade of buck-passing, internecine squabbling, image-burnishing, duplicity, callousness, willful stupidity, cronyism, peculation, machismo-posturing and illegal, drunken, all-night fuck-arounds being uh, exposed almost hourly by the C-19 inquiry, briefly covered in Wednesday's episodes, uh, some skit, because frankly it's all far beyond my poor gifts of satire and parody now, we have seen the sheer hypocrisy, rules for the but not for me-ism, and thoroughgoing contempt for anything even vaguely decent in humanity's admittedly frightfully murky history exhibited by our government, thrown into even sharper relief than usual. And yes, cats and kittens, I do in this instance specifically refer to the government, Should you bathe in Arkham and my cauldron of smouldering hatred and despair regularly, you will know that it's the policy of discontent provider to eschew partisan rhetoric in favour of pointing out that the failings of our democracy are, in general, the collective failings of an establishment made up of all political parties and factions, and that by ignoring those enormities committed by uh, those on one party due to misguided loyalty, uh, one enables uh, wholesale corruption and ghastliness by the whole sorry lot of them. While that's still truer than anything Spandau Ballet ever might have conjured from their coke-stunted 1980s imagination, on this occasion it seems that the old fault on both sides, let's have a level playing field shall we approach, simply won't do. The other side, you see, as far as my research has led me to believe, actually are blameless on this occasion, whereas the Conservative government have absolutely assumed a relaxed, crouching posture, pulled apart their flabby cheeks and heaved a complacent sigh as they let forth a near-biblical flood of stinking political slurry upon each and every one of us. I refer to the decision made by the government not to allow the petition to make lying in Parliament illegal despite the petitions committee seeming all for the wheeze and putting forth some dash compelling argument for it too, I might add. Uh, the parliamentary secretary for the Cabinet Office, Alex Berghardt, a uh, fuckstump who in no way deserves to have a name that sounds anything like Bogart, incidentally, he should be called something closer to Pee Wee Herman, uh, gave the petition the thumbs down. Monstrous enough, you might think, and you'd be quite right too. But it gets worse. Even were we to ignore most of the superb points made by the Labour, Ply Cymru, SNP and Lib Dem MPs on the committee, and they're all worth reading, I'll include a link uh, to the Hansard transcript in the show notes, the SNP Martin Day perfectly boiled down the views held by the chap who originated uh, the petition thus, quote, Mr Bacchus believes that uh, if an MP intentionally or recklessly does not speak the truth, or misrepresents facts, they should face sanctions in the same way that other public servants would. It is simple. As public servants, MPs should face tangible accountability. Hard to argue with that, eh, what? Yet argue Mr Bergout did. All right, for the most part, his defense of the status quo was pretty much that it was the status quo, and has been so ever since about the 15th century, if not earlier. Even when citing examples of parliamentary dishonesty, he still held, or rather the slithering filth my governor held, that Parliament could deal with things like that in its own way, because it always has done, and it's always worked out terribly well. At least it has for everybody who matters. I editorialised slightly uh, with that last phrase, but not, I suspect, by much. Galling as this pusillanimous past-felching doubtless is... In light of other recent events, its inane shittiness paled into lily-white insignificance when compared to his uh, headline argument that, quote, If honesty is one of the core values of our system, parliamentary privilege and freedom of speech within Parliament is one of the absolute pillars of the modern constitution. And not just in the modern constitution, the Bill of Rights, 1689 in Article 9 states that the freedom of speech in debates or proceedings in Parliament ought not to be impeached or questioned in any court or place out of Parliament. So there you have it. Bait right into the system is the freedom of parliamentarians to utter whatever harmful gibberish that might best serve their purpose and let a thousand curses befall the grubby, unanointed paws that might presume to proper their mendacity so much as a harsh word or a severe talking to. It's all about freedom of speech, innit? And should one or two MPs occasionally, and certainly through no fault of their own, stray from the straight and narrow path of absolute truth, it's a matter best resolved by fellow MPs who are all signed up to a long-standing gentleman's agreement as to what is and what isn't cricket. In the usual run of things, one might just accept this as one might accept the uh, the fitting of another wave if one were drowning in some remote ocean, you know, as an irrefutable reality with which one just has to contend. But within the same seven-day period, we've seen the government making double sure of a double standard. Yes, Those whose arsons lounge comfortably upon green leather should be free to say whatever they like. Those whose posteriors might be out and about on marches or demos pointing out that uh, paying murder unto murder, the no-frills version of the Israeli government's claim to justifiable self-defence, can, nay should, have those self-samed arses banged up as a terrorist sympathiser. I should hope, that after all this time you appreciate that I'm not championing the right of people to go about calling for a Jewish genocide, mind you. Quite aside from the fact that I'm as anti-genocide as the next cove, I've still got a clicky jaw and a twinging ribs 30 years after an anti-Semitic kick-in laid me low for a while. I am highly suspicious of yet another attempt to trammel freedom of expression made by a government who has already tightened the screws on lawful protests, particularly a government whose deputy chairman, the animated bread pudding golem that is Lee Anderson, has recommended that pro-Palestinian protesters be treated to the same state-sanctioned thuggery that met striking miners back in the 1980s. You know, cats and kittens, it's getting a mite party these days, even here in the happy place. But the level of intellectual dishonesty and viciousness we're seeing right now does, if nothing else, keep us warm on the way home. As Arkham and I wend our way back for our tea, then, I hope you'll enjoy the song at the end, and that you'll subscribe to Discontent Provider and share its many merits, its... its some merits, its... its merit, anyway, with your nearest and dearest. Until next week, then, from me, the Silver Fox, and Arkham, the black and white dog, Cheerio. This might come as some surprise, but today we'll tell the truth. We hope that you'll believe us, even though we have no proof. But let's assume you're not a fool, So it should be very clear 500 years of history Should show that we're sincere Sometimes it's essential That we tell a little fib Be slightly disingenuous About what we said or did It's not something we do lightly Though we don't fly just for fun But now and then we have to For our donors and our chums We're important! And you are not! That's how it's always been. We can't afford to let an unwashed horn disrupt our cosy scene. We make the laws that you obey and break them now and then. But that's our writer's on the rubble, ladies and gentlemen. We can say just what we like, safe in Westminster's bubble. But if you try to do the same, you'll find yourself in trouble. Democracy, you see, depends on a lot of useful lies. So don't impede our freedom to deceive those we despise. We need to be evasive and we need to massage facts. You need to be banged up for handing out seditious tracts. Don't assemble, don't protest, or we'll send in the plot. As we do what we like, as well-paid tin-felt fascist gods. We're important, you're not. That's the way it's always been. We can't afford to have an unwashed horde, disrupt our cosy scene. We make the laws that you obey, and we break them now and then. But that's our right as honourable ladies and gentlemen. Our expenses hardly ever go to jail But you work one day cash in hand You'll be savaged by the Daily Mail We're waxing fat on falsehood You get charged with perjury And parliamentary precedent proves That's how it should be It might seem quite unfair to you And that's because it is But that's the system we defend Because we love it a bit So sign petitions, make a fuss, we couldn't give a toss. We're humble public servants, but we'll always be the boss. We're important, you're not, that's the way it's always been. We can't afford to have an unwashed horde, dropped our cosy scene. We make the laws that you obey, and we break them now and then. But that's our writers on the rope hole, ladies and gentlemen.